chasers <laughs> welcome back to life goes on hello to i am so excited about today's topic me too me too me too me too so what we talking about as you can tell you know our theme song today was a little bit different mm-hmm. that was jay perry um today our podcast title is rooted in culture yes. and it's brandy y'all it's judy as most of you know we are haitian Haitian. i mean you know technically we're haitian american but like we'll get into that and everything <laughs> uh we're excited to talk about you know being haitian what it means for us you know, we're going to obviously talk about some of the food and all that stuff. Everybody loves the food or whatever. Um, we're going to talk about some of the history. We're talking about, like, a lot. So stay tuned, enjoy, and, um, you know, we're rooted in it. Yes. You know what's funny is I, I've been telling, you know, my mom a lot recently. I'm like, I cannot imagine being anything else but Haitian. I just can't. It just doesn't. You know, me too. Um, And I oftentimes, I mean, maybe this is also for our, like, relationship section but like um for the mo- for mo- majority of my life i was like i cannot marry or end up with somebody who's not haitian mm-hmm. I, th- I think i think over time i've started to expand a bit yeah. you know i feel like that would be ideal but you know a lot of the our values and everything mm-hmm. can be found in other cultures as well that's true yeah i know that now but like you know <laughs> when i was younger i was like you know i ain't seeing you know if that's it that's it so just like a side note in this podcast you're gonna hear us speaking um haitian creole um i'll hear in there it's you know the we'll try our best to translate yeah um <laughs> some things we might not be able to translate but you know cause yes, we're so learning yes. stuff, but you, we'll you know you know you know when you like try to you know explain something in creole and it just doesn't sound right you like, know what it is it's because it's flipped <laughs> no, I'm so saying like, it's flipped. or sometimes i'll be thinking and i do this all the time i'll be thinking in like creole and i'm like I'm like, what am I trying to say in English? Like, what am I... Like, I just be thinking in Creole sometimes. I'm just like... What? Or there are no English words yes. to describe what you need to describe. Or, or it just doesn't sound... The joke is not as funny. It's not the same. The The proverb, the saying, mm-hmm. it just doesn't come out right. The story mm-hmm. is not the same without the some context. Creole <laughs> and um, some movements and some uh, sound effects, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what we are known for. What is your favorite Asian sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. There's so many. We need a dictionary. There's oh, a good. lot. There's a lot. Yo, but some, <laughs> it's not necessarily a sound effect, but like something that my mom does, and I like I see that like a lot of Haitian women do, What is like when they're saying a story or like telling a story about somebody and they don't know their name, they'll make up like a crazy name. So this is... Oh, <laughs> Like, my mom does this thing where I'm sorry if it's offensive. I'm really sorry. Where, like, if she was talking to a Spanish lady, she'd be like, you know, I'm like, mom, stop. Oh, my goodness. Stop. She don't know the lady's name. Yeah. She don't even know if the lady's really Hispanic. That's just what she Everybody's says. Everybody's point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love <laughs> I do love it. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. <laughs> I think, you know, when, like, something really irritates you, a good sucking of the teeth, a good chipe is like it. It, it is it. It's and then it also gets you in trouble. <laughs> you know, there's this one time when I was in church 
and I did not know that girl, like you're not girl. supposed to no listen guys I didn't know you weren't supposed to cheap it which is sucking teeth in front of um people who are older than you because you did it's disrespectful yeah so i was walking and like someone said something to me and like i did a juicy one two from the top of my mouth to the back and it ringed and everything yeah i got it when i got home you got a good i got it when i got home i got it yeah oh my goodness but i love i do love a good chip it yeah or um just a good like boy oh i would say that oh my gosh that's Ooh. like, that's like a, I feel like a good Haitian woman just like starts her day off and says, boy, just to waking up. Day off? Yeah, just oh, to waken okay. up the senses oh, and, me. you know, get ready for the day. She <laughs> says a good boy. Or she has to say in like five minutes yeah. of her day of waking up. Yes. You know, senior boy. Me say good boy. Yo, this podcast, this episode, <laughs> please bear with us because this is probably going to be like one of our yes. favorite ones we're yes. talking about. So let's talk a little bit about what being Haitian American, what does it mean to you, Drew? Um, yes. Yeah, let's just talk about that. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Um, So early on, I knew I was Haitian American. Early on, like very early. Like I knew I was Haitian American. I knew I was Haitian American because... Um, growing up, I attended a predominantly white school, mm-hmm. white middle school, and I remember like explaining to m- some of my friends that I can't go on their sleepovers. That was one thing. That was a big thing for me. And then also, I remember not being able to like hang out on Saturdays because um, I had church. <laughs> and then um, I remember like saying to my teacher (laughs) i can't do work on wednesdays because we had bible study (laughs) and you know that thing takes all it's at seven to nine (laughs) i mean like you know i could do my work on like before or after bible study but like i was trying to use it as an excuse but i knew that i was haitian american that it was different for me because um you know, I only knew the three L's, which was L'Eglise, Lacai. That's it. And what does that mean? It's um, school, home, church. And so, like, just a quick shout out. There is a podcast out there that's titled L'Eglise, L'Eglise, Lacai. Yes. And we think y'all should check it out because these girls are hilarious. Yes, they're great. They talk all about, they're like your Haitian aunties. Like, they, no they talk all about... Um, the, the culture, mm-hmm. experiences, they have Jean-Jean um, Talks. They, so shout out to um, Tina and Nike. They're wow. great. Y'all should They're check really them good. out. They're really good. Yeah. But like just back to it, um, I just knew that I was Haitian American because like, you know, that was different than like, you know, my black friends. I only had like one, one or two black kids in my school, but like they didn't have a schedule like mine. Mm. And they'd be so confused. They're like, what do you mean you can't sleep over? Yeah. I was like, I would even ask my parents. It came to a point, I didn't even ask my parents if I could sleep over, you know, you because knew. that wasn't a thing but for me. But that would come in clutch sometimes, you know, when you were a little older and you didn't want to go somewhere. It's just like, listen, you know, the way my parents have set up, I can't. 
not that I wanted to go, but I, I just can't, you know? That's true, that's true. But it also annoyed me a lot because I knew I can't. <laughs> I really knew I can't. <laughs> like, go ask your parents. Nah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> and I'm not just my mom. <laughs> not my mom. No way. <laughs> wow. So, like, do you speak Creole, Brady? I do. I'm very, very grateful that I do. Um, just a little bit about my background. I also, I grew up in a very predominantly white town. So I originally lived, you know, in the city with all of my lovely cousins. And, you know, everyone was like Haitian and it was great. And then my parents moved out to um, the suburbs. So we moved to like a predominantly white town and there was none of that. Like there were barely any Haitians around me, let alone, you know, black people. Um, but one thing, my, I'm so grateful. Thank you, mommy and daddy for this because <laughs> y'all, y'all really came in clutch. Um, so they made sure that even though we went to a white school, we were still going to go to a Haitian church mm -hmm. so that we didn't lose touch of our culture. And that's something that they never wanted. Um, and one of the reasons that I do know how to speak um, Creole is because of my grandmother. She lived with us growing up and she didn't speak English. So the only way that my sisters and I could speak to her was in Creole. And because mm -hmm. of that, you know, we spoke it very fluently growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how I that's beautiful. learned all you, of that. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Uh, you touched on the multi-generational family household. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a, a really big component of keeping that culture still there. Like, you know, the even if us ourselves we don't carry so many traditions or so many things you know but like you grew up with that you grew up with that knowledge that like at least there are a handful of things that you can pass on because you had the opportunity to grow up in that multi-generational yeah but i'm know, but i'm household. not gonna lie for being you know gotta be real um there was a point in time you know growing up in a predominantly white town that i wasn't really that I didn't really speak about my culture. I wasn't mm -hmm. really, like, into it for, like, a portion of my life. Um, you know, sometimes I, like, wouldn't want to speak, you know, Creole or, you know, have anyone know that I did and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It was just very weird. Um, and then as I got older and, you know, I was just like, Brandy, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the most beautiful thing. It makes you so unique. Um, and I'm just so, so in love with my culture. That's what's up. I um, want to know a little bit about, like, like your favorite things about being Haitian. You know, we have, like, such a beautiful culture full of, like, music, mm -hmm. history. You know, we have such a beautiful people, um, language, mm -hmm. the food. Oh, Just I tell think, me more about it. Yeah, so I think my family, um, thankfully... I grew up with both my parents also, and we also, you know, grew up in church and everything. So I was being exposed to the Haitian culture like whirlwinds. Um, and so I think one thing that, a, a couple of things that I really appreciate about the Haitian culture is the history, um, but like the history through the eyes of elders. Um, as just like you, like my grand, although my grandmother didn't necessarily live in the house with us, um, she would do the uh, I don't know what's called now but like she was she's now a resident but like she would travel every six months back and forth oh, okay, okay okay yeah so when she would come here she would sit down and like share stories with us in Creole she would share us the um 
proverbs and like the um click clack stories mm-hmm. and everything when we were younger and from there like i just like you i had to know creole in order to understand what she was talking mm-hmm. about um so like that i think that value of family and like watching your watching other kids as your own is something that i really love um my parents would always tell me stories of how you know in the community like it was really a community like if you knew your neighbor you knew this person you know that person mm-hmm. or you know these kids walked at this time and everything i thought that was so beautiful because we don't really have that <laughs> in america mm-hmm. you know everybody's a you know for themselves type of mindset but um i thought that was always beautiful and you know obviously the music you know i love music myself so like the music is beautiful we love yeah. we love a good it compa. is amazing you know i just had to hint at let's just talk about the food for like two minutes okay let's just talk about food for two minutes we're gonna talk about food just two minutes why do we even start what's your favorite um don't do this to me okay what's the, oh i got it got it okay what's something that a lot of haitians love but you don't like bleh Yo, I hate that too. I don't. I, it's just gritty. It's <clears throat> gross. How do you even describe bleh for those who don't speak real? It's like quinoa. If you think about it, it's like quinoa. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, just, seriously, it's ugh. like quinoa. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's probably great nutrition, but yeah. it's just disgusting. It's Cold, maimule. Get it away from me. That's... If it's hot, I will. Oh, you like it? I love my mule. Oh my goodness! I love you. My I like mule it hot. Oh, okay. So it's that's good. That's what's, good. Um, my mule in English. It's um, <laughs> wheat. No, like um, how do you describe it? It's like it? it's okay. So like my mule is our version of grits, basically. Basically, if you think about it, yeah, yeah. It's like our version of grits. The way we make it, we call yes. it my mule. Yes. Y'all, southern people call it grits. We call it maimule. White people call it. What do you um, like about oatmeal. it? What do I like about maimule? It's so filling. It's so good. <laughs> Girl, when you put some spinach in it. You, you know, if I had to choose between um, white rice and sauce or maimules, I will always choose white rice. Wait, you're saying that as in like you don't like white rice and sauce no, I do. Oh. No, I, I'm saying I would always if you choose had those that options. over my mood. Anybody would. I would too. You would too? Yeah, I love <laughs> white rice and sauce <laughs> But like if my mom oh, makes like, okay. my mule, I'm going to eat it because it's good too. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but I think my favorite Haitian food, probably banan. I would eat banan everything. Plantain chips, plantain... um labui everything if I, if it's in plantain <laughs> form i will eat it so like we have this thing um for those who are not haitian it's um it's like it's like a soup but it's like a creamy soup um it's called we call it labui and like there's labui banan and other things but like it's like a it's a porridge yeah thank you that's so the good. word that's the word so good like you know and, and you know when you take the bread and you break it up and you just yo her mouth is watering over here y'all if you didn't <laughs> if you didn't know i just had to tell y'all <laughs> but i think something that i really don't like i cannot stand like no y'all don't understand like i really cannot stand this thing what? is kalalu like i cannot the texture the smell i don't know the, the taste feel of... no everything is nasty 
you know when you when you have a great bowl of rice and you just go in <laughs> and you bite off the jiwaf. So jiwaf is clove for those, you know, our listeners who are not Haitian. So actually, um, <laughs> my sisters and I, we have we had a neighbor growing up who would she would always come over our house, you know, like she was just she loved our food and she was white she loved our food you know like every day we would like play outside mm-hmm. and then we come in for lunch and so like <laughs> one day um we had i think we had deer call it like we had some kind of rice and you know you know there was you up in there mm-hmm. she ate them and we asked her where all of them went like in her plate mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I didn't want to be rude. I thought it was a part of the food. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but that's, va- that's valid that she did that because she was scared. She was scared what was going to happen because she's like, she didn't want to be offensive. I-, I understand that, but that does not yeah, taste right. Is deadly. <laughs> Jiwaf is deadly. I was more concerned Jiwaf. about her taste buds. Yeah, but it's really good for you. Yeah. It's really good for you. Like, yeah. my dad used to, like, just chew it. Yeah, he would just chew it. Just raw like yeah, like he'd put it on his tooth and just chew it. Apparently, that's a thing in Haiti. Oh, the way I said that oh. is so American. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I said it. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. We're learning. We're growing. Yeah, a trick for those who are like you know trying to cook and everything, but like love the flavor of clove. A trick that my mom taught me is stick your clove in garlic and throw it in there, so the clove is not gonna swim around and you can just pull that garlic out and it has all the clove mm. and you're done mm. yeah i saw my mom do it once and i was like yo that's a smart yeah. Like, yeah oh my mm. goodness it was good it's good it's really good yeah but yo, what is your go-to haitian meal my like no my favorite haitian yes. meal my favorite haitian meal she's getting like, so excited y'all, y'all. Understand, <laughs> is i so i love no like i absolutely positively love Sospois. My favorite type of sospois is, is black sospois. Here's what my mom be cooking, right? So you With got coconut? white rice. Oh, I'm sorry. White rice. Your sauce. And my mom, what she does is she puts potatoes in the sauce. That's all I need. Like, I'm, I'm like, that's all I need. I have white rice, legume, and Ooh. black sospois. Oh my God. A meal. White rice, black sauce bois, and poisson. Meal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can keep going for days, y'all. But, yes, my favorite thing is black sauce bois. Um, and sauce bois is um, basically like bean sauce. Um, I found that Brazilians do something kind of similar to it. Um, they have, like, a lot of beans and everything. But, mm-hmm. like, they don't necessarily puree it as we do. Um, but they have something very similar. I remember one time I told my friend, because she brought me some food, yeah. some Brazilian food. I was like, yo, you guys have a sauce bois? <laughs> She's like, what? I said, sauce bois? <laughs> She's like, that's what this is? I was the like, that's what we call beans. it. Yeah, so every time I would go to her house, she'd be like, oh, Justine, guess what we have? Sauce bois. I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't the same. It's okay, though. She tried. Uh, okay, we're done talking about food. I promise. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there are, like, we could go on and on about all mm-hmm. the things that we love about the Haitian culture. But on a serious note, we, you know, we have to take a step back and talk about, you know, how 
we interpret the Haitian culture. Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I think of the Haitian culture and I think of the Haitian people, I think of resilience. Mm-hmm. That's like the one word that encompasses how I view our people is just resilient. Um, no matter what we go through, no matter, you know, you know, with Haitian people, it's like, sometimes it feels like we have nothing mm-hmm. yet. We find a living and we're, and we're happy and we're content and we're, it's just such a beautiful thing, you know, being so close to our, our faith and mm-hmm. our church and our family and that collectivistic culture. It's just, that's true. That's how I see that. That's, that's true. How I, interpret it. I think one thing that is that you hinted on is like the idea of faith and I'm not, not necessarily like connecting it to like religion or whatever, but like faith. I think Haitian people, what I've seen and like, you know, the stories I've heard, you know, the experiences I know of, um, regardless of what they're doing, regardless of what they're going through. And like, you'll be hearing these stories. And as a, me, I'm sitting I'm like, there's no way you could have gotten out of it. There's no way you could be here today. But their faith in that something better is going to happen tomorrow, you yeah. know, that something better is going to come, that, you know, I have hope, I have faith, that's all I need. And that idea, I think that's why, you know, even to this day, I think that's why Haiti is standing still, is because despite what people have to say about the country, despite what, you know, some of the things that the country is going through, like, the people will not sit down. Like, they will not sit down for anything. And, like, their, you know, ability to think ahead, think about, okay, there's going to be a tomorrow. You know, have faith in a tomorrow is what's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, that resilience piece that you talked about. is really beautiful. I agree. And in so many, you know, different forms of story, you hear common themes of that resiliency no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, especially as... Um, I think growing up in America and hearing, you know, some of the things that our parents went through alone, it's like, how are you here still? You know, how are you able to, you know, continue a life? How are you able to, you know, raise us in this way? And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about um, personally, like my parents is that although they like try to take in a modern twist of you know raising their kids before anything it was like their haitian values and then some you know and i think that's that's what i really love mm-hmm. and without all of those we wouldn't be who exactly who we are today exactly and for that i'm i'm forever grateful mm-hmm. so like what is i think as we mentioned it you mentioned it when you talked about like going to a predominantly white school and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what's the difference between like African American and Haitian American? Like how did you decipher that? This is something that's so challenging. Um, you know, you know, when you have like the, like um, they're like, what's, what's your race or ethnicity? Mm-hmm. The boxes. Um, yep. The box. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I would just it it just be like African American or black, and I would mm-hmm. just always check that off because I'm like I'm I'm black, and you know I I used to use them just interchangeably, but as I've gotten older and I started to you know do some more like thinking and reflecting on it, I'm like wait I'm I'm Haitian American, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily African American, and then you have those who are actually African American and you know they're deeply rooted in their culture, and it's mm-hmm. like how do you separate the two? when society just encompasses them both into one box like how do you define that and then another thing is like 
you know, in the Haitian culture, there are, are very, you know, very deeply rooted stereotypes about African-American mm-hmm. or quote-unquote black people mm-hmm. and how they are and, like, how Americanized they are and, mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not, you know, they don't have, like, values or, like, this and that. Yeah. And it's just, like, so it's very it's been very tricky to maneuver mm-hmm. around like breaking those barriers of like what everyone thinks it's supposed to be like. That's true. That's true. What about you? I think also like I've, for me, like I've heard the notion, like when I did ask friends, you know, who are of color, like, Oh, what are you? Like, what are you? And they would say like, I'm black, you know, haha, no culture. And I'm like, Whoa, like that's, that's something that I've heard, you Maybe. know, often. Yeah. Where it's like, that. you know, or like I'll hear other people, other black people of color, who, whether are Haitian, are Jamaican, are African, be like, oh, refer to their friends as, oh, yeah, they're no culture. You know, being African-American, they're wow. no culture. So I think for me, um, what I started to understand was that the Haitian culture and the African-American culture is different. Like, there is a difference where the ancestry and, like, the history that both of them have is different. And... Um, a lot of the, not a lot of, but like some of the history that is in the African American history comes from the Haitian American mm-hmm. Haitian history, I should say. Um, you know, the fact that Haiti was one of the first Black nations to gain their independence. The um, there's a lot of literature out there that those who were revolting and like you know doing all the um, you know anti-slavery movements and. Uh, ab- ab- ugh, I can't even say the word abolitionist 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 thanks yep. you, um, you know a lot of them looked at the history that Haiti you know how did Haiti gain their independence mm-hmm. um, I think n- please correct me if my what I'm about to say is wrong um, don't do it in a rude way but like just please correct me we're if all I'm, if learning I'm, if here. Exactly we're all learning I believe it was either Nat Turner or someone else um, who led a slavery revolt, looked at the history of Haiti and how they gained their independence and how they were able to revolt in order for them to, you know, be inspired and do that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, from understanding that, you know, inspiration, but also that difference um, started to help me understand that there's a difference. But, you know, when I would talk to my parents about, because, like, they grew up in the times of, you know, segregation, everything, but just not in America. Yeah. You know, so I would always ask them, like, you know, how was Haiti like back then and everything? And they were like, oh, we didn't, yes, we had our colorism and everything, but, like, we didn't have segregation. We didn't have all these things everything. We would hear about it, but, like, we didn't have that. You know, mm. you know, when they came, it was, I think, my parents came at, like, the late 90s. Yeah. So, um, early 90s, late 90s. So, you know, they did have their experiences, um, but, like, not experiences of an African-American person. So I think that's when I started to see, oh, like, there is a difference. Although, yes, we are all people of color, and we all try to, you know, fight yeah. the same thing at the yep. end of the day. Yep. But, like, there needs to be that space for, you know, those who are growing up to see the difference. And I'm not saying see the difference to separate us, but I'm saying see the difference for us to understand our history so much more in order for us to understand where we need to go. 
That was so well said. And I think you touched on like the difference between ethnicity and Mm -hmm. race, because at the end of the day, if someone looks at you, they're probably going to assume that you identify as a person of color, that Mm -hmm. you identify as black. Um, But like when we think about it, our ethnicity is what really differentiates us and Mm -hmm. we can kind of see like and learn from one another. Um, You know, me, if I were to identify as African-American, I don't know the extent of the Ghanaian culture, the mm-hmm. Nigerian culture. I don't know the extent of that. And I also don't know the extent of those who may identify as African-American, who have ancestors that were, like you said, slaves. Mm-hmm. Yep, that were here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know the extent of the, the your jazz era, mm-hmm. all of that. I don't know that extent. I know, I know my culture, but I'm willing to learn. Yeah. So I think it's kind of looking at it not in an oh, Haitians are better than X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But rather, oh, these are our differences. They're what make us unique. Mm -hmm. And let's be able to learn from one another because at the end of the day, we're still dealing with the same racism, Mm -hmm. the same oppression, all of that. Yeah, but I feel like it would would definitely help us a lot more. You know, I saw something in Instagram. um, I think it was a post where people had, there was, it was from a, I think it's like Welcome to Haiti um, Instagram site. Instagram I was thing. going to mention them as well. Yeah, so they had asked, um, I think it was a post about whether or not Haitians identify as Hispanic and call, you know, yourself Hispanic because the island is Hispaniola. And so I would love, I think that's like for this podcast, like a, what did you, what did you call it last time? Like a comment under the Instagram post? Yes. That's what it is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> comment under the instagram post if you um agree with that if you agree that you know should we be calling ourselves hispanic um should we be do you what's the word do you believe in the idea yeah identify as hispanic um do you understand the history behind us being called hispaniola you know and like just you know a little feedback on that that'd be great because i have all Although I know that it was called Hispaniola, I've never heard, until that post, I've never heard Haitian people calling themselves Hispanic. No, but I think I was talking to someone about this recently. Um, she's Venezuelan and kind of talking about, like, I think there was a point in time, I'm not sure the exact history, but where there were various Cuban migrants that mm-hmm. came to Haiti. I don't know if it was like, the early ni- 1900s or mm-hmm. I'm not sure because you know I know that that's in my in my background it's not something that I really necessarily like identify with or know much about mm-hmm. but I do know that that's a part of my ancestry family mm-hmm. history family background so I think there's like a very large incorporation of it i mean mm-hmm. you know us in dominican we're on the same island you know mm-hmm. there is going to be some kind of overlap in culture and resources and our food is very similar it's mm-hmm. you know yeah so but really we would love to learn so really chat with us in the comment section please do please and do. let us know let so like know. what is your favorite part about being haitian but like also like the most difficult part about being haitian i think my favorite part is knowing that we have such a large community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in the Boston area. We are 
heavily populated with Haitian Europe. people. Um, we went to Miami. It was mm-hmm. the same thing. You know, I felt like, you mm-hmm. know, going to Little Haiti, it felt like, you know, I was with my people. Um, going to Canada, <laughs> the same <laughs> thing. You know, it's like those three cities where, like, um, but just knowing that, you know, I have that community wherever I go is really comforting and it's really nice. And knowing that regardless of where we live, Mm -hmm. where we come from, we still have so many similarities and like history and like values. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my friends right now are actually like Haitian. And like, even though we grew up in like different environments, just knowing that connects you, that that connection Mm -hmm. is very, is very, very real. What about you? Mm -hmm. You didn't answer my second part. What's the most oh, difficult part? Oh, my the <laughs> most difficult part. No, let's hear about your, your favorite part and then we'll <laughs> okay. talk about the difficult part. My um favorite part about being Haitian, I think there is like I think I would say the community also, but I think the shared values in a way, um I think the shared value of the collectivism idea, the collectivism mindset. Um cuz I know like I Growing up, I would always see my parents every time they walked by. In my eyes, when I was growing up, I would say every time my parents walked by a black person, they would always say hello like they knew them. And I was like, wow, mommy, you know all the black people in Somerville? (laughs) But as I got older, I realized it was the Haitians that, like, just gravitate and would always say hi to my mom. And I think it was beautiful because it was a sign of respect but a sign of community also. There is – so I grew – grew up and I still live in the um, Mystic Housing Projects in Somerville at the moment. And like on my corner, like there is this, um, she's basically like the mother of, the grandmother of all of us. She watched us grow up. She would always sit on her porch and she's Haitian. She's always sit on her porch and always say hi to us. And in a way it was a sense of her watching over the whole community, all of the kids. Um, she'd always be like, oh, like, I saw you doing this the other day, or did you graduate and everything? And she was Haitian. So, like, every time she would walk, you know, I'd walk by her. Um, my siblings would walk, walk by her. Mind you, at first, I didn't know her at all. Like, I didn't know her name or anything. And come to find out, she was the grandmother of one of my brother's friends. But she would always, you know, in a way, keep an eye out on us. You know, although she couldn't do anything, like, if something happened, but, like, she had the eyes of the community. And I think as an elder in the Haitian community, like, we all, like, not even us Haitians, everybody in in our community respected her so much. And, you know, as I grew up and I would see my mom interact with her, my parents interact with her, everybody would give her that respect. And so going around, you know, growing up in Somerville, every time my parents would walk by or, like, see somebody who they thought was Haitian and everything, there was a you know, respect that they would automatically give them, you know, uh, accolade that they would give them, like they knew each other forever, mm-hmm. you know, a hug that they'd give them, that's what it is. And I think the aspect of community and respect and, like, shared values is what is so beautiful of the culture. Because, like, it doesn't matter. Like, when you see somebody and you say, are you Asian? You Asian? Girl, you from... You know, it's so beautiful because, you know, you know there are certain things that, yeah, I know. Right, I might not right. fully agree or, like, I might not fully, like, be on it, but, like, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So yeah. I, I think that's one of the most favorite parts for me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the most difficult part for me is, you know, when you go to a function mm-hmm. 
and you have to salute everybody at the function. Sorry, that's yeah, the please. most. No, so I'm just hard. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the most difficult part. Um, I think for me, the most difficult part is feeling like I constantly have to defend my country and my history. I feel like, um, like I feel like I always have to explain Mm -hmm. you know certain things or prove that we're this rather than these stereotypes um one thing that we were talking about before was kind of this stereotype that people have that haiti's a dangerous place to travel to Mm. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so constantly having to like defend Mm -hmm. that and like refute that um like it is, it is a safe place to travel. We were just talking about Jessie Wu that just went. Yeah, out she there. went there and she she lived her best life. Had a concert and everything. She had a blonde dinner. That's what she called it. Fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think it's because you know, we're we're coming at it in a different sense, a different perspective, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, like yes, we know that there was um, what are those things? A travel emergency, a travel warning, travel ban, travel oh. that. Travel, I think it's travel emergency or something yeah. that um, airpo- airports had put on on Haiti during the time, I think, like some of the riots, some of the riots that mm-hmm. were happening and starting. And, like, we're fully aware of that. Like, we're fully aware of that, you know, if we do go out there, you know, if we do travel, like, there is a risk that you're taking. But I feel as though there is a risk everywhere. Um, Seriously. And that shouldn't stop you from going to a place where it's like you can understand so much and you will find answers that you've been seeking that yeah. you didn't even know you had that you, shouldn't questions. be that shouldn't mm-hmm. be a hindrance exactly it, and it's really yo one of the first first and only time that i went to haiti man what i said it was so beautiful <laughs> <sighs> everything's so fresh unprocessed <laughs> the food is raw yes <laughs> you know and i think I think it's because we do come, you know, with that perspective of, you know, we hear our parents tell the stories, mm-hmm. we hear, you know, our cousins, everybody tell the stories mm-hmm. of, you know, the Haiti that they knew. And you want to experience that Haiti in your eyes. But, you know, going, you're going to experience a different Haiti, but mm-hmm. you're going to exp- still experience Haiti. So mm-hmm. we definitely encourage y'all, like, yes, it it might seem scary. Yes, it, you know, danger is everywhere. There are probably some areas in Haiti that are, you know, more risky to travel to than others but you know if you have the chance to visit haiti definitely do it yeah what about you what's what would you say is the most difficult part about Mm -hmm. being haitian so i think the most difficult part about being haitian is um in a way knowing you know knowing very little about the history um knowing where we came from and knowing where we are now um it often in a way like i wouldn't say like disappoints me but like it's like a heavy sigh because we know that haiti was the first black nation to gain their independence and haiti served as an inspiration or like a you know a framework for other countries to do you to know do the same. to do the same and you know years later you know In a way, Haiti led the pack towards that, you know, led the pack to gain your independence and everything. And now it's like, but now Haiti's behind everyone in that sense. And, um, and like I say behind because 
you know, what hurts me is when people say, like, the third world country problems, like, third world, da da da. That's one of the poorest, but, the you know, Western exactly. Hemisphere. And before all that happened, there was a point in history where Haiti was super rich. It was a lot of people talked about when the movie Wakanda came out, uh, the movie Wakanda, the movie Black Panther came out. Um, a lot of people I was like, I connected. Seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people connected um, Wakanda to you know what Haiti could have been. You know what Haiti probably was before all this happened and everything. And then um, with sad, no, I I don't want to use the word sad. I'm trying to like use my words wisely, but you know what hurts in a way is that you know yes we were that yes there was so much in the country there is still so much in the country but in a way it's like okay white people came and destroyed everything and left you know sometimes that's literally how i feel like literally how i just need to explain it because it is it is painful like there are a lot of ways that you know haiti put trust in or like i should say not haiti necessarily but certain people put trust in certain people in order to see the country progress However, that's not what happened, you know. Um, and so it's, you know, as someone growing up in America, looking in, looking from an outside view, it's hard to watch, you know, all the riots that are happening, all the, like, you know, this disorganization in the government and everything. It's hard to watch because, you know, you hear the history, the rich history, and then you see what's happening now. It's like, okay, like, where is the disconnect that happened, yeah. you know? So it's 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 hard, but like at the same time, um, one thing that like I think my pastor always says is that um, God has His eyes on the ha- the people in Haiti, like the Haitian people, the people in Haiti, mm-hmm. and I really think that's true because so many people um, assumed, and you know, if you think about it, when the earthquake happened, there was no logical scientific way that Haiti could have should be up and running still you get what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like there's like like that massive tragedy that happened should like it happened like oh my gosh like all the things that happened after and everything like the fact that we're still trying to rebuild and everything but the thing is we're trying to rebuild I think that's where it is it's like yes this happened Yes, so many people betrayed Haiti. Yes, so many people came in and like literally gutted her out and walked away. But at the same time, regardless of all that, she's she's still still standing. She's still moving. She's still going because that's who she is. That's who Haiti is. And it goes back to that resilience and that Mm -hmm. faith. Exactly. Um, And I think another thing, too, for all our listeners is, you know, you're probably wondering, you know, how can I help Haiti rebuild? Mm-hmm. How can I contribute? What can I do um, from the states? And I think, you know, to each their own, do what you want to do. But, you know, donating to certain <laughs> organizations, maybe that's a whole different topic. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's not necessarily the, the solution. The mm-hmm. um, it could really start with something as simple as traveling to Haiti, um, contributing to they're they're re- um, economically to the when you travel you know you're mm-hmm. you're booking accommodations mm-hmm. you're um, contributing to local restaurants yep. things like that that is the way in which we're tourism going to start is a big thing in Haiti. huge tourism is a big thing and mm-hmm. you know with those stereotypes you know a lot of people take are hesitant mm-hmm. so 
I feel like that's a great start. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we travel to all these countries. Right. Why not go to our own? Exactly. Exactly. We love it. We love Haiti. We love being Haitian. Um, we love everything that our parents taught us. We love everything that, you know, we're understanding ourselves about being Haitian, um, what it means to be a modern Haitian American person growing up in America, um, and all that <laughs> it encompasses. So I think that would have to be another topic of, you know, what does yes, it mean yes. in America now? Yes. But um, thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for listening. If you want to interact with us and continue this conversation further, make sure to follow us at Life Goes On Podcast on Instagram um, and check us out. We're going to have conversations, mm-hmm. polls, Things like that. So be sure to do that. Yes, yes. Um, once again, I'm Brandy. I'm Jitsine Judy G. And thank you for listening Thanks, to our podcast. Guys. Have a great day.